Hello, and welcome to another Imagining Freedom podcast, which is focused on our rights and freedoms. In my last podcast, I discussed how upset I was when, having been invited to my sister's family's for house for Christmas dinner, the night before I was told that I couldn't come because I was unvaccinated. Anyway, that was a subject of my last podcast. And I'm pleased to say that since then, we've made it up, me and my sister, and I got a really nice message from my niece as well. The reason that I was told not to come was because my niece has an underlying condition, apparently, which I knew about. I just didn't realise that it would possibly make her vulnerable to COVID or more vulnerable to COVID. Anyway, that was the subject of the last podcast. But it was really good to be able to discuss things at last with my sister. I think this has been the problem. When you don't discuss something and there's a big kind of elephant in the room issue that you can't discuss because one of you or both of you is getting too emotional about it, then both of you start having ideas that are received from other sources, whether that's the media, probably the media, or friends, people saying, oh yeah, these anti-vax people just think this, or you know, oh, these people just think that, that, or this, or the other thing. And you've got to hear it from the person to find out what they think about things. But also, I think it's important not to be trying to hammer the other person into submission to your opinions as well. It was very clear, or it has been very clear for a long time, that my sister has her own opinions on this and I have my own opinions which are different. So I think both of us are thinking we're not going to try and change our thoughts radically about it, change each other's thoughts about this. But it was almost as if I needed to present my case and say, it's not that I don't believe COVID is potentially dangerous or that people are actually suffering from it. It's about proportionality with me and about my freedom of choice and whether my freedom of choice should be limited because of what's happening, whether that will actually make any difference or improve people's health. It's more about my philosophical attitude to things and the fact that it doesn't mean that I don't care about people who have suffered from COVID or who are suffering from it, quite the opposite. So I was really showing, for example, that when, when someone had told me that they were nervous about meeting up with me because they were coming into contact with their elderly father who has a particular illness, then I immediately offered to wear a mask and, you know, I said I can keep my distance from you or we could maybe meet a different time or something like that. And I wrote that down in an email to her. So I was able to show that to my sister and say, look, you know, if someone's really nervous about COVID, I will absolutely understand that. But there are other issues, for example, the reason that I refuse to take the vaccine. And it's not just about the vaccine might kill me. I don't know that. But it's about my, um, it's my choice about having a particular level of risk. So it's almost a philosophical discussion rather than saying, I think exactly the same way as this whole group of people. We all think exactly identical thoughts about it. Anyway, it was a really good discussion. It was a robust discussion. And I think we both learned from it about the way that each other thinks about this whole situation. So I'd recommend other people, 
if you're having problems with friends or family members to discuss it, but discuss it in a loving way and be prepared to understand and learn from the other person instead of just being concerned about shoving your particular opinion down their throat. Since I recorded this first section, I heard of the sad death of a blogger called Arby. That was his pen name. And he was a member of the Corbett Report subscribers. His real name was Richard Wayne Battams, and he was from Canada. And he sadly took his own life at the end of January. And before he did the act of suicide, he actually wrote a very moving blog post about what his plans were. But he didn't spell out what his plans were because he didn't want to be stopped. He was absolutely determined to go ahead with his suicide. Despite the fact that another blogger called Celia Farber had realised his his predicament and the danger that he was putting himself in. And she'd actually raised a crowdfunder, started a crowdfunder, because the trigger for Arby's depression or one of the triggers, was the fact that he'd lost his job because he'd refused to have the vaccine. And he worked as a security guard for G4S. And he was told that if he didn't get vaccinated, he would lose his job. And he refused and lost his job. And at the age of 65, he saw a bleak future ahead. And he thought there was no way out. He also felt that he didn't have a a support network. He didn't think his family really cared for him. They weren't going to offer him accommodation and he didn't, or he thought that if they did offer him accommodation, it would be grudging. And maybe this was the case because quite often we have tensions with our family, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't love our families. I think this can be part of the distorted thinking of someone who's very depressed. He mentioned that his mother had been in touch several times and also his sister, one of his sisters. It seems to me that his family probably did love him very much, but there was a barrier between them. And the barrier, of course, was whether you were, in Arby's words, COVID crazy or not. But maybe what he failed to grasp And I can only speculate here, but he was depressed and depressed people often have distorted thinking. Maybe he failed to grasp the relentless propaganda that probably 90% of the population have been under. If you watch TV, if you put on the radio, every half hour at least you're getting a news report about the latest COVID stats. I mean, this has been bombarded at people since the beginning of 2020. And there has been a real attempt to divide and rule. There's no doubt about it. And there's certainly, as we all know, been an attempt to make people frightened. As everyone who knows about the Spy B reports in Britain, the Behavioural Insights team, and their attempts to spread the fear, to ramp up the fear, show This has been a concerted attempt to publicise that fear narrative. And that makes me a lot more understanding of people who seem to have completely bought into this whole establishment COVID narrative. I think we need to resist 
these divide and rule initiatives with every fibre of our being because they can have tragic consequences. I know that Arby's suicide wasn't all due to his loss of a support network because the trigger was the loss of his his job, but he just felt that he faced a, a bleak future. And I think that what we've been going through for the past two years, the COVID crisis, has been playing into all this. It makes people feel overwhelmed. It makes people feel that this is all there is because they're constantly getting a constant diet through the media of COVID, COVID, COVID. And this panic and fear narrative is just being bombarding people. I suspect that if I'd had a conversation with Arby, I would have agreed with almost all he's been saying. But the difference between us is that I deliberately detach myself from it at times. And I really admire people like James Corbett and Tony Gosling, people who blog about this all the time, day in, day out. They probably do have their own ways of getting away from it from time to time. Because I find that I cannot, if I focus on this morning, noon and night, I don't get any sleep. It's so depressing. So I lay down boundaries for myself. In the evening, I only watch entertaining videos. I don't have a television. I haven't had a television for years, but that's another story. I have to get away from this. And this is why I only podcast now and then. I don't podcast every week because I've got other interests. And I make a real effort to see friends, keep in touch with friends who think differently from me. And with some of those friends, I can openly discuss things and we can agree to disagree. With others, we just don't mention it. And I also have a group of friends who solidly see things the way that I do. But we quite often joke among ourselves. We're not constantly sharing depressing news about COVID. You have to get away from this narrative. I don't actually know whether Arby or Richard Patton's did have an escape valve from this. Maybe he did. So this is just what I, the way I perceive things. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter who seem to be completely immersed in this narrative and they get so depressed. And people, other people try and cheer them up. But I think the only way really is to get some perspective by detaching yourself at times from this and just seeing that COVID isn't all the way the way things are all the time. It's the way the, the media and sadly many of the governments seem to want us to think. They seem to want us to be totally obsessed with the COVID nar- narrative. And it can also build up a lot of anger. Anger is another thing that can be incredibly destructive. So I think I've spoken this, about this on the podcast before. But about six months into the whole thing, maybe even less than that, I think it was around July or August 2020, I was looking at something online in the evening and I shouldn't have been. I was having a bath and I was watching a YouTube and there was a mention made of a new restriction being brought in in a different country and I was worried that this might come in here in the UK. I got so angry. I could not quell my anger. I was so furious. I was actually having visions of going to the parliament, to the Scottish parliament and beating people up. And I'm not a violent person. And it was at that point that I I couldn't sleep because I was so angry. So I went onto Twitter and I found 
some more positive accounts, Twitter accounts, that just looked at things in a positive way all the time. And I followed those accounts. So every time I felt that anger coming up, I would look at those accounts. And that was the only way that I could get to sleep. And it was that point that I realised I was too immersed in this whole thing and I had to get away, find a way to detach myself from it at times. And one reason that I've stopped going on Twitter recently, occasionally I go on, is because the one account that was really positive, it was called The Unrelenting Truth, has gone off Twitter. Whether it was banned or whether they decided they'd had enough, I don't know. I just feel that when I go on Twitter, I see a lot of really depressing stuff. Too much of that can be really destructive to the psyche, to people's outlook. I have, or I had a friend who sadly took her own life about a year ago, just before the last lockdown was due to be uh, lifted. I'd actually lost touch with her a couple of years ago, partly because she was really difficult to be around. And we knew, I think me and many other people knew, that she had psychological problems, but I don't think any of us thought that she would actually take her own life. And none of us know what circumstances, how she did it, what the circumstances were. We just heard through the grapevine that she'd taken her own life. And it just... Even though she was really difficult to be around, it leaves you with a terrible sense of loss. We did have some happy times several years ago and I don't know how she felt about COVID. I suspect that maybe it was money problems that were the trigger because I know that she'd had money problems in the past. But also the overwhelming nature of this crisis, I think, is too much for people. So I think whether you believe the whole COVID narrative or whether you are sceptical about it, it's really important to detach yourself from it at times. Regularly detach yourself from it. Don't let it overwhelm you. Don't let COVID be your whole way of life. Don't let the new world order or whatever you believe in be your whole way of life. You have to find an outlet. My outlet is hill walking. I've also been training, retraining. I was made redundant many years ago and I've gone through several different types of work since then, but I've recently qualified as a cognitive behavioural hypnotherapist. So this whole subject is of interest to me and I find it really tragic when someone kills themselves. I think Arby was very determined to do it. I have known other people who have made suicide attempts and they've been rescued And quite often when they're rescued, they just say, they thank the people who found them and they just say, I had had no idea what what I was going through. I just had a really black mood. It can be just distorted thinking. From Arby's last post, it looks as if he was pretty determined to kill himself. So whether he would have been able to see a different way out, I don't know. But it also looks as if he had really immersed himself in this whole thing about COVID and the way that, you know, it's obviously losing his job at that age and not really having financial protection for the future is a serious thing. I'm sure there would have been a better way for him. I'm sure there are many people that have killed themselves and Arby's probably the tip of the iceberg. One of the reasons why 
my podcasts are quite erratic is because I have so much going on in my life, so many other things that I do. I think this whole COVID thing is incredibly important. But I do know for myself that I need to get away from it. I need to get out. I actually impose several rules on myself. I look at the BBC online website. That's the only news communication I have because I just cannot take the propaganda. But I I only look at it in the morning, maybe early afternoon. I don't allow myself to look at it in the evening because it can make me very angry some of the things I see on, on there, some of the propaganda things. So this is particularly relevant with the experience I had with my family. I know how upsetting these, can, these things can be. So I really made the effort to approach my sister and talk to her in an understanding way. And I think she also made that effort with me. We knew that it was so important that we had to do that. And I know that dragooning her, dragooning people who in my family who don't see things the way I do is not going to convert them. It'll have just the opposite effect. And it might be that under it might be that under the surface they have they do have an idea of what's going on and that might be why they get so emotional when people try and get them to face that. Because it's a really unpleasant thing to take in that your governments, that everything you've built your life around could be corrupt. People don't want to look at that. So my message is to detach yourself occasionally and where family and friends are concerned, tread carefully, tread compassionately and with love and understanding, understand where they're coming from that for two years we've been getting the most vile, in my opinion, and relentless propaganda. And that's probably why people are so, many people are so paranoid and freaked out about the whole thing. So really understand that they're going through their own mental problems here, many of them. If they don't want to listen to what you're saying, Give them some space. Don't mention it. Maybe occasionally throw things into the conversation, but do it very subtly and try to make them realise that once they're ready, you're there for them to come and ask questions if they want, if they feel like doing that. That's the only way. By bombarding people, it's just going to make them retreat. Even with the person, I've got a really good friend who I can discuss these things with, but I cannot just force my views on her. We have to have that give and take. We have to have an open discussion where I listen to her side of things and she listens to mine. And sometimes, and there are some areas where we do agree and there's some areas where we agree to disagree. We really have to tread carefully here. If you've enjoyed listening to my podcast, please subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. If you'd like to make a comment, download a transcript or view the show notes, go to imaginingfreedom.co.uk. Thanks for listening.